pray together. Lord, we just thank you that your command upon us is to live for Christ alone in everything we do and say. And so, Lord, we just thank you that we can live for Christ. We can, Lord, bring you glory. And Lord, as we talk about Grace Works tonight, we thank you for the ministry of Grace Works and every school and life they touch is a life loved by you. Each child to which they speak the word of hope is the hope that you want to bring to that young person. So Lord, be in our conversations. Lord, be in all that we do this evening. And Lord, as we just uh, come to worship, we want to also thank you for those offerings that have been put in the boxes and that around the building. Lord, we pray you'll bless them, that which has been put through the bank accounts and that. Bless those offerings. And Lord, as they are used to do many ministries, including Grace Works, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to give to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please sit down. Now, can I have your microphone a minute? Now, we're talking about Grace Works, and um, I'm going to just invite Barbara for a minute. Don't look like that. Now, Grace Works started when Barbara was just a wee lass. Come into the middle, because they can't see you on, online if you're standing on the edge. So, Barbara, Grace Works started around your dining room table, right or wrong? And Grace Works started from a vision of you and who else? Well, there were one or two other teachers who were quite concerned about what was going on in the schools. I became a Christian through Script Union work in holiday activities in 1953, history. And in 1954, I went forward at Billy Graham because I'd never said anything to anybody about becoming a Christian. And then I began to think about what was going on in schools where I was at school, and we didn't have any Christian teachers in our school, and I just felt God calling me into teaching because I thought, well, obviously Christian teachers have a quite a high input into young people. And then uh, when I went to college, I didn't know where... The, I'd never been to the college. I hadn't met anybody there apart from the principal who'd interviewed me. She'd come to my own school and interviewed me. And then, when I got to college, I had um, the first person I met said, oh, hello, she was the president of the Students' Union, and she'd been looking out for me because somebody had put my name in to the Christian Union, and it turned out to be Pat Eastman, Michael Eastman's sister, and then, uh, so I was part of the Christian Union, then I started teaching in Northampton and it turned out that God had organised it that a girl who I'd been at school with was also starting teaching and at the Easter holidays we found out we were both teaching in the same school and we were both Christians so we did work in that school and in fact this afternoon I've been talking to one of the students who was at that school who I've kept in touch with. Then I came to teach at Abs Cross where there were quite a lot of Christian teachers, several associated with this church. And we had teachers' prayer meetings and all kinds of inter-school activities going on. 
And then uh, one day I was having lunch with this girl who was a teacher and she, there was a job advertised with Scripture Union and she said, I would like to be a worker like that but I would like to do it just for Havering. And I can't remember what year that was but in actual fact she didn't apply for the job in the end and I think that that was, uh, what was it called? Ah, oh, I can't forget it, remember his name. Your dad. Ian, Ian Valance. Valance, that's Ian right. Valance. Then Ian Valance was the school's worker. And things gradually have grown since then. So Ian and I'm a trustee. Okay, Ian Valance was a... Tr how, was that Ian Valance before he went into teaching in that? Yes. Yes, yeah. So that's going back some time, because he's now a head teacher. Is he? Yeah, in a private school <laughs> at Wokingham. Woking. So he's... Uh, he's um, it's a lot of while ago, isn't it? Well, it is. Yeah. A very long time yeah, ago. And his, his daughter's just got married, if that's going to make you feel old as well. That's all right. He has only grandchildren then. I just thought he might have had great-grandchildren. <laughs> no, not yet. Barbara, thank you very much. But if anybody feels an, uh, they would be called to be a trustee, it would be great, because we do need some more trustees. Unashamed plugs. And, Unashamed of your and plugs. And Debbie, Debbie is the treasurer. Debbie's a treasure. Thank you very much. So, um, have your mic back. <laughs> I mean, it's great. We're talking about Grace Works, which works across the churches in the town, but this church has been involved with it since day one. And, uh, you know, we have been a part of this story. Now, we could talk about the last however many years, we're not sure, all evening. But I want to. I think what's important to us today is what's going on today. Um, what's going on? And uh, my co-interviewer, watch her questions. So, uh, is um, Hannah. And Hannah, before we uh, go to Grace Works, you've been doing some work with Grace Works, particularly in Francis Barsley over the last few years. Do you want to say a bit about the opportunities you had there? Is your microphone on? Because Sam will be up there trying to fi find the knobs, but if you've not turned it on here, it's a bit unfair on him trying to work. No, 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 no. Don't start pushing buttons like that. <laughs> it's that one you want. Now, sp now speak and Sam will be able to hear you. Keep talking. Okay, I'll keep talking. And yeah? Okay. He's on, she's on one. So, yeah, so this was before lockdown. This is when um, John worked for Graceworks, and uh, he invited me into uh, Francis Barsley, and I did some RS lessons with him, a couple of assemblies, and we did some playground stuff. It was really, really enjoyable. Um, obviously, FBA being a girls' school, um, we did a... Uh, um, we went into some RS lessons, and they did, uh, and their session and uh, their lessons at the time were looking at uh, um, Christian marriage and family living. And uh, so we did a Q and A um, lesson. I think it was with Year Nine and with Year Ten. My palms were sweating the whole time because we had no idea what they were going to ask, and it was all very much off the cuff. But it was so so enjoyable and. It was a real privilege just to be able just to kind of talk about your faith 
you know, to them in such a real way and to almost demystify a lot of, you know, what people think the Christian faith looks like um, and how relevant it still is, you know, in our everyday world. So, yeah, it was really good, really good. So that's a bit of context, really, from RBC that, you know, although we're talking to two great friends who serve us, it's not totally separate from this church. It's part of this church alongside the other churches of Havering. Uh, Grace Works is very much a church is together, working together to help young people. So, Jay Bradley, introduce yourselves. Say a bit about yourselves. So, my name is Bradley. Um, I've been a part of Grace Works for about three years now. This is my fourth year. And at the start, I was uh, on the SU102 internship. So I just left college. I kind of really wanted to do youth work. I had a massive passion for it. I felt like God was really calling me there. Um, so started the SU102 um, internship. And yeah, I just I absolutely loved doing schools work um, for those three years. And I just felt like God was really calling me to, to stay with Graceworks and to continue the work he's been doing. Um, so I'm getting married this July. So a lot of, a lot of pressure and fun there. Um, well... <laughs> So, yeah, just kind of planning that and getting that done. Um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Yeah, uh, hi, I'm Jay. Uh, I've been with Graceworks for two years now. Uh, I do part-time work with Graceworks, and the rest of my hours are made up in partnership with the Good Shepherd Church, where I'm their youth worker. Uh, also, I've just started university, I'm doing my diploma in uh, Christian Mission Society School, which is CMS, uh, so in Pioneer Mission Theology and Youth halfway, I think the last bit is. Uh, yeah, uh, school's work is a massive passion. Uh, I love it. I think it's, it's so nice to be able to go into all different schools and see so many different people. And uh, yeah, that's me. Working in a church and, uh, okay. you know, doing a university course and yeah, so Grace Works and that. So do yeah. you, what do you do in your spare time? Oh, so in my spare time, I look after my seven children because so, I have some children uh, and then every now and then I have a sleep because you know it's quite important and if I get a chance I might eat some food too that's just the two things I like doing okay. yeah. seven children oh, seven children yeah. that's a youth club in itself yeah. that's, that's how I'm going to keep my youth work going yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I'm employed for the next 18 years I'm all good to go yeah. when the bible said go forth and multiply didn't mean do it on your own yeah I didn't, I didn't think it through very well <laughs> no, but I, that, I mean if I can pick you up on that, but that's really important because you're working with children across the borough, but you've obviously got a real concern about your own kids. How does that motivate your ministry? Yeah, so uh, one of the schools we're actually going to, which is uh, St. Edward's Primary, uh, all my kids go there now. Uh, my youngest one's the only one that's not in there yet because he's just too young to go. Uh, the thing that the, I think, with, especially with schools work and being a Christian and want my, my kids to be raised as Christians and in an environment where being a Christian's acceptable and it's okay to share and enjoy what you're doing. Uh, for us, or for myself, going in as Graceworks is amazing because I get to meet these young people in their, in their environment, in their own world. And uh, yeah, so it's a very important that I keep doing that. And as Graceworks, we keep doing that. And Brad does it and the interns we get do it and then so forth and so forth because having that connection with schools, especially for Christians, is massive because they may not have that in, especially if they go to secular schools where they may we not have a space where they can like, have CUs or assemblies mm. where we talk to them about faith. They might not have that. So for us to do that and other people to do that is, is, is very, very important. Okay. 
Bradley, which schools do GraceWorks work in? So yes, um, at the moment we are in about four or five schools. So we're in Francis Barsley, um, which has just opened up the doors since COVID. So that's been really nice to, to be back in there. Um, St Edward's Primary and St Edward's Secondary. Um, again, St Edward's Secondary is a school we haven't been in in about three years, but God's been really been moving during this lockdown and we had some good connections with uh, the vicar at good um, St Edward's Church and then that started a new partnership there, the, the secondary school there. We're in Marshalls Park Academy, which is a, a school we've been really kind of getting more and more involved in as, as the kind of last two years have gone on. And we're also in um, Emmanuel School, which is just, um, it's a private Christian school just near up the road from Bower Park. Um, and there are small schools we're kind of hoping to get back into at RV Green. And we're just waiting for them to kind of to let us back in and make sure it's all safe. We've also been in contact with schools like Morney, who've kind of started a new partnership there, which is really exciting. So yeah, God's been doing so much in these in these last few months. What do you think is the um, going into you know schools kind of post um, lockdown? What do you think is the greatest need for young people right now when you're speaking to them? when you're engaging with them? I think what, something we've noticed, especially in the, the secondary schools, yeah. is a, a real lack of identity. Um, they're really struggling with, with lots of mental health issues. Of, we go to uh, Francis Barsley, we've got a group of amazing, about 15 year 10 girls who we used to work with in year eight, and we didn't see them for a year and a half, and they came back. Um, and a lot of them are really struggling with lots of mental health issues identity and kind of big questions of why this has happened and they've lost a lot of loved ones on the way so they're real suffering and I think they just feel like they've got no one to speak to they don't know what the answer is so it's kind of given us a real opportunity to kind of work with them and, and just share the good news of God with them really. Yeah and I think uh, one of the things we've noticed especially Marshall's part for me is that more than ever I feel that these young people now are taking a bit of a step forward and they you know, we've, we've seen such an increase of young people that want to know about Christ and they want to ask questions and they're, they're not shy about coming forward as, yeah. you know, because even though they seem loud and brash, young people not technically like that most of the time, they're quite reserved. Yeah. But we've seen this almost like an influx of just people that are willing to step forward now and say, actually, I want to know these things. Uh, yeah, and I think, again, with uh, what Brad was saying, I think the, me the mental health issues that people are having now is a, is a big deal, but the I think the greatest thing about young people is they're not scared to say that they need help with something. So they, they usually, or what in our instance, what we know is they do step forward and say, actually, I need help with this. Yeah. And then it gives us the chance to either, you know, further mentor with them or at least put them in touch with someone who can help them out. Yeah, mm. that's so great. And you guys are there at, you know, at the right point and they trust you and, you know, and they appreciate that you have an opening ear to listen to them. That's fantastic. What, um, if I was to ask you, I mean, the trustees would ask, uh, tell me the answer to this, but ignore the trustees for a minute. <laughs> What's your dream for GraceWorks over the next 18 months? If, if you're going to look back in 18 months and say, we got what we wanted, what would be your dream for GraceWorks going forward? I don't ask hard questions. Um, for me, it's is that we're in as many schools as we can be, that every day is, is booked morning to kind of five o'clock with schools. And that, that kind of, we just, God's really moving in the school, that we have amazing relationships with the teachers and head teachers there where they kind of 
they trust us and say, come in, we want you to do this and this and this. And, and we just, as a, as a safe space for young people, um, and a place where we, can, where we can have such good relationships with the young people that where we can seek them into churches and youth clubs and where they can, they can go and find that identity and, and find themselves. And I think, for me, that's kind of the big picture. Like, I would just love to see Romford a safe space for young people to come into and just, just to be safe and feel, feel safe and just know who they are and, and know that they're loved by God. Uh, yeah, so for me, I think big dream would be uh, that Brad was talking about the relationships. It's extremely important for me and Brad for Graceworks for you for us, I think, in general, to build them relationships. So I think the big dream for me is for them relationships to be as strong as they possibly can be and not just in the schools that we're in, but the surrounding churches and the youth groups and the other youth workers that may need support or we can feed young people into. And, uh, and for us, I think it's very important that we've made real big waves with head teachers recently, which has been amazing and we're... The relationship we have now is very, very, it's very nice, it's secure. It's not they're letting us in because they're just going to let us in. They let us in now because they know we're in there for a good reason, which is very, very nice. And I'd love that to just stretch a bit further to some other schools that we may not have that contact with yet. Mm. Okay. That's good. Has, um, in like recent months, have, have schools kind of suddenly recognised the need for you to, you know, for you to be there? Beforehand, you talked about how, you know, like they would bring you in as kind of like a bit of a tick box exercise, if you like. So Christmas is coming. We need someone to come in and do some Christmas things with us. Is there more like kind of, you know, an understanding of what you do now with head teachers? And as a result, they see you as like an essential part of their, you know, timetable. Yeah. Uh, so for Marshalls, yeah. uh, we would, when we were first, well, when we got back into Marshalls just after the first lockdowns or before the six weeks holidays, uh, it was incredible that uh, we had a meeting with the head teacher there. We spoke to him about coming in and running the CU or what it would look like to do some sort of work in the school. And by the end of the conversation, he really, he was almost said, see you at 11 o'clock and you can stay till two. So we had so much time. And then before the six weeks even, before they broke up for six weeks, the head at Marshalls was sending me an email. I was like, right, let's book in for a meeting third of September to get you back into school when we first start. So for us, seeing that to what sometimes we've seen in the past is incredible because I think it's the young people that make it because the young people come to us and I think he sees what we're doing with them and how it's helping them. Yeah. And then obviously that opens up his heart more yeah. that then allows us to, to push forward a bit more than, yeah. you know, yeah. you want to take a little bit if we only get a little bit, but, you know, yeah. Jesus don't do little bits, does he? He just kicks the door open. So that's where we <laughs> sometimes have to be there just to go forward, don't we? So. And another example is, is Sir Edward Secondary. Um, so we haven't been in that school for about two years. They kind of shut the doors and didn't want any kind of Christian presence in. And since the lockdown, kind of, I contacted them thinking, okay, you know, hopefully they'll let us in. And the deputy head who kind of didn't want us there originally opened the doors like, we need you back. We really want to partner with you close to our school and get you in to help some of these year eights and year sevens and start up this and that. And it's just been a real kind of... Answer, answer to prayer from God, kind of, he just swung up, swung open so many doors, um, doors that we, you know, little faith that I thought, okay, they weren't going to open, but kind of, God's like, no, I'm making a way, so it's been really amazing. You read the media, and the way the media portrays young people. Now, all of us know some young people, even if it's only the young people who come to church, and we're blessed as a church to have a load of young people, um, but most of our young people in the church are churched, you know, and we, 
you obviously go onto the front line. If you, if you want to use a war metaphor, you're going right out of the safety zone of the church building onto the front line where you meet the real young people. Now, the media want to vilify them and say, you know, they're all drug takers and that sort of thing. What, what are they like? And what, how do they receive Christians and the messages that you bring them? I think from being kind of on that front line, I think they're actually just amazing. I think they've got, they've got so much to say and so much to, to share. And actually kind of they, they can, from the outside, from walking across, they can look a bit rough and actually, but when you, when you talk to them and get to know them, they're actually just amazing people. They've got so much to share and actually just want to feel like a place they belong and don't want to be signaled out. And I think the, the big thing with the media is when they signal, signal out to kids that you're like this and the kids think, well, we're just going to be like this then. But actually they've got so much to give and they've got so much passion. And for us, they know we're Christians, you know, we share our faith all the time and they're so open to it. They've got so many questions. There's no kind of barrier of hatred or anything. And they've just, they've just got so much life and energy to give. And I think just pushing past that kind of, that kind of media image and when you really get to the heart of them, they're actually, each one of kind of, they're damaged or they're kind of feeling really lonely and they just need to be kind of loved and just accepted. And actually then you get to meet a whole different kind of side to the, to the young people. I think uh, one of the most important things that we do as, on that note is that we go to where they are yeah. and we're relational. Like I'm, I'm not a church, I wasn't a church youth. I came to faith in my later years. So that some of these people or some of the young people that get maybe you know a bad picture by the press that was probably me or it was me many many years ago it's many years ago now it's not really it's many years ago <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah so and because we're going where they are and we're being in their environment their habitat we give them i think it's almost like they feel like they've got the permission to say and ask what they want to ask rather than being dragged into a church building or dragged into a, a lesson and told that they're gonna sit there and listen to us. They actually want to come and actually talk to us. And there is still a load of noise and, you know, bravado, but in that bravado and noise, there's really tiny little nuggets and seeds that are there. And uh, you, you went to Matlin, didn't you? Tell me that. <laughs> you I'll just give an example of um, one of the young people we've dealt with in the last six months. It was a, a young lad from Marshalls Park, and he was constantly in isolation, a kind of troublemaker, doing things, and, he came along to the, six, um, the CU, and we've been having him there now for about a year. And at the start, he was really disruptive. He was really lost. And as we got to journey with him and just talk with him, and he opened up more, he, he started to ask a lot of questions about faith. Um, he started kind of, from being that troublemaker, he downloaded the Bible app and started sharing verses with his friends that he thought were really cool. But he wasn't a Christian yet. And then just before kind of the lockdown, he came to faith. And it was just like an amazing journey we've seen with him, how, where he started to where he ended up. And then COVID hit and we was, we was really worried about him and praying because we couldn't have no contact with him. And he came back after and he was still kind of that, that Christian lad. And it's just an amazing kind of testimony of actually kind of when you break that down and you just sit and talk, Jesus he just does the work and actually like they're just amazing young people. Amazing. Amazing. Um, 
talked about how, you know, Ian asked you about how young people, you know, outside of church are vilified and, and you know, perceived on the media, and you gave us a beautiful picture of what they're actually like. Um, as a group of adults in this room right now, and everybody that's watching at home, what is the best way for us to be able to open that door for conversation, to understand and, you know, and to listen? I think the first thing for me uh, is that I, tr I try not to see young people as young people per se. I think they're very intelligent, they're very smart, they know exactly what they want, which is more than I can say for myself and most other people I know. Yeah. And they're very, very forward at coming forward. If they want to say something, they'll say it, you just have to give them that little bit of space. Yeah. So one of the things I do with my, in, within my youth work ministries and stuff like that is I, I have this saying that I need, it's their voice, they need to have a voice. So all my leaders or how I work towards it is if they don't have a voice, then we're doing something wrong. So I think giving them that space and actually giving them the time to actually say, actually, we, we think this way is better or we could do it this way, how about that? And let them try it or give them the idea or let them have a half an hour on a Sunday or let them plan a service with a leader or, do, or let them pick the worship for the week. It's giving them that and then that does outwardly shine. Like our, just for so other person, one of our youth, uh, young, young ladies at our youth, she is incredibly outwardly shining. She would not say that she's an evangelist. She would not say that she talks about Jesus so much in her life. But the way she lives her life and what she shines out is actually bring three of her friends to faith in the last year. She's incredible. And I think by giving her the space to let her do that and be herself, it worked. We wasn't trying to pigeonhole her into anything. We just let her, let her grow herself, which is what I try to do with them anyway. I think another a way we can do it kind of as a church is to, because a lot of us don't, don't kind of sometimes get that face-to-face -face contact with youth, is, is just to share with friends and family actually, kind of give them good stories about what young people can be doing or have done and say, oh, I've heard these people say these young people have done this, or, and just give positive vibes and really good messages about young people. And I think that way kind of it spreads a more positive message around the wider church and also just around Romford about actually young people in this area doing a lot good and kind of and spreading that message and that I think that would be really good yeah. mm, great uh, as I said so I think connection is really important too so if you have uh, children grandchildren nieces nephews in schools where not just because of Gracefords but where Gracefords <laughs> are or other school workers are especially when they have Christian unions and after school clubs and somewhere safe for them to go and express themselves I'd really advise and really express to get them to come along because I think they really do think that we're going to, it's, it's a boring thing that we do there, but it's actually really fun. The young people love it, and we do make some connections. I'm going to offer opportunity in a moment for others to ask questions, but while you're thinking, don't stop listening, but while you're thinking of questions, I want to ask you a question. Where do you see the Holy Spirit at work through the work of Graceworks? Where's God at work? I think there's, I think there's bit, God's just everywhere, you know, for the short answer, but I think... That's a theologically correct yes. one as well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, for example, kind of, I think during the COVID time, um, I think God's just been kind of, we were kind of really beaten down because we couldn't go into the schools and we kind of shut off and God opened up so many doors. We, we spent so many days sitting there praying and then we'd get messages from teachers we've never heard from. 
um, teachers that we were in schools from just saying, oh, can you send this online or can you start doing some of this stuff online? And actually kind of, it's just, that's just a one way God's been really moving. And another way is through the churches, I think, through kind of, I just want to a massive thank you to RBC for all their prayers and kind of financial support as well. Kind of God's been using that, all the churches' prayers and making a massive difference and kind of opening up doors and what's been going on. It's been amazing. Kind of we've, we thought at the start we'd be walking into a, like a starting again, but actually we've come into even stronger where we are now with all the schools and that's thanks to, to the church's prayers and God's moving in, the, in, in, the, in those prayers. Uh, and also, uh, I see God in every young person we see, even the ones that are just there to, you know, to try to catch you out with a question they might think you don't want to answer. But, uh, and, uh, yeah, just to add some, just a, a testimony about that. So we went into uh, Francis, uh, not Francis, but we went to Marshall's Park. We had a sum of young lads from year 11 or year 10 at that time that was coming. I think there was 15, say, 15, 20. And then we was away for a year and a half and we was giving the online content, but we didn't really know what the response was. Uh, and then the first day we went back, we uh, put our sign up, this place put sign up, outside the, this room that we'd been allocated and we were sitting there and we was like, well, we'll pray, but you know, we've not been here for two years. I don't think even, they might not even still be here or happen. And this young lad walked past the room and he was like, ah, oh, Christian club is back. And they all come <laughs> running in. And it was all 15, 20, and then they were all from, they were little boys growing into these young men who were getting ready to do their GCSEs and it was incredible. So I think, I think the seeds that have been planted are just there, they're there, they're there, there, and God's obviously soaking them and keeping them going. And for us, it's been an absolute blessing because we've gone back in and we almost, not cheated, but we almost got that help in hand because it was, the, the groups were already there ready for us to go back into, so that really helped us out too. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Any questions? Alison, yeah. If you shout it, then I'll repeat it. So the question is for those online, how many are on the team this now? Have you got interns this year? Is that correct? Yeah. So before, before this week, if you asked us this question kind of last week, it was just me and Jay. And then just this week gone, we've, we've just been blessed with an intern who's kind of um, comes from Good Shepherd with Jay's church. And he's... he's really young lad, 18 years old, and he's on fire for God, and really just wanted to take a year out to, um, to do school's work. So we've just, yeah, we've just got a, a new intern. Just say a little bit more. Uh, yes, yeah, so the young guy, his name's Alfie, if you should pray for him. Uh, he uh, was getting a call from, from God all the way through lockdown. Uh, he walked past Good Shepherd one Sunday morning, and he felt this absolute urge to go into a church. It was the first time he'd really been on a Sunday service to any church, and then just our church, and he came in, and yeah, God spoke to him, and uh, he got, I got to know him. He's incredible with young people. Uh, I think he was at our church for a month before I decided to bring him on team as my, one of my youth leaders because he's that, he's that incredible on fire for youth. and uh, He just wants to learn, and it's so refreshing. He's such a young guy, and he's from Marshalls Park as well, so he has connections there. He's from the local area. Uh, so, yeah, we have an incredible year ahead of us with this intern, I think. Yeah. Thank you. Any other questions? No. Hannah, jump in. <laughs> Literally. Um, <laughs> um, what can we do as a church to help and support you in the coming weeks, months, 
years ahead. You know, you talked about how you, you know, where you wanted Grace Works to be in 18 months from now. You know, what can, um, what can we do as a church to help get you there? Uh, I, I think really just more of what you guys are doing for us already. Like you, you really support us in your prayer. You've always supported GraceWorks for such a long time. I said the history is here with you guys, that uh, every school's work has felt supported from you guys. The financial support was amazing from you guys. So I think more of the same, if not more, more prayer. That's what okay. that's more prayer. Okay. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's kind of, as you were saying, kind of used to be in Francis Bowersley and have more opportunities to, to team up and come in and do more of the work and stuff. We've got prayer weeks and stuff they kind of, they want to do soon. So it'd be really good to kind of, go in with you and kind of do more amazing work. So, yeah. So, a young person comes to faith in a local school, which is great. How do you relate them to a church? Because obviously, I'm not wanting to put words in your mouth, but I assume we don't want to just make Christians, we want to make disciples. How do you take that next step from that young person who's heard about Jesus in the local school to them being able to become part of part God's family, a disciple. How does that process work? So, um, so one of the things we do is kind of, for us, we kind of mentor them and disciple them and, and we kind of, we just pray for them. And then when, the, when they're ready kind of to start that journey in church, kind of the person who used to, to do the Grace Workshop, he made this list of all these different churches and stuff. And, and then kind of we say, we give them this leaf for it and then kind of they go and explore and and they go to the church, and when they and then they come back saying, "Okay, I really feel connected at this church." And then we kind of we continue praying and get in contact with the, the youth worker there and the church there, and say, "Okay, we've got this young person who's from this school, and they want to join your church. Can you can you help them come in?" And kind of then that process will start of them mentoring and discipling them. And I think that's the process we we kind of normally use. And it's been we've seen many young people kind of find their churches and then get in contact and yeah. Uh, yeah, just so from the other side of so well, I'm the youth minister for Good Shepherd. I think that's the step we usually take. We uh, we let them kind of explore themselves. Obviously, we find out where their, their local churches are. They can explore. If we have a connection with the youth workers there, which is, it, usually we do, we have quite things like the net and stuff. We have ways that we can contact other youth workers. And uh, so we usually put them in touch with them first. And then, uh, yeah, then the, the, the discipleship continues. Even though they've gone to that church, we're still an altogether church really as grace works we don't really make them go to one church or the other we like them to find that where they're safe and where they feel that they can grow uh so yeah that's our normal steps and uh it yeah it works it works well i think churches understand that you know young people need to come in and kind of follow their own path so it always works well i don't know barbara can you ask a question Let me just repeat the question for those watching online. So the mention of the net, or maybe you can unpack what the net is in a bit more detail. And is it still functioning? Are the local churches all involved? Uh, yeah, so the net is a, uh, it's a group of youth workers, church youth workers. Uh, myself, I'm involved. Brad's involved. Hannah's involved. Uh, we have a good section of churches. Maybe is it eight, nine, ten? It's it's ten now. Is it ten? Yeah. Ten churches, their youth workers are involved, uh, and it's it's a place where we can come together as youth workers. We share ideas, we collaborate with things, we come together and do events for different things. 
Uh, and behavior, it's very important because like we said, if we disciple someone in the school, we don't want to just send them into a building and say, oh, go knock on their door. We would like to say, why don't you go to this place? Hannah's there or Brad's there or I'm there, talk to them and then get integrated that way. So, and for us as well, you'd be able to use each other for support and prayer is always very important. That's pretty much it. Brad <laughs> signed off on that. That was good. You, you're keeping communication with churches, thank you, through your prayer letters, which we circulate around. Um, how important is prayer? I mean, of course, the God, the answer is really important. But where have you seen real answers to specific prayers from the churches? Where, what difference is it really making? Uh, so yeah, prayer is very important. <laughs> I was going to do. I'm doing the proper answer. Brad could do that. No, uh, yeah. So prayer is extremely important. Uh, me and Brad pray all the time together. It's something that we do on the way to schools. It's while we're in the schools. It's after the schools. So it's, prayer is a massive thing for us. Uh, but when we uh, when we was went into lockdown, and me and Brad was you know we was feeling down and a bit lost, and we didn't really know what we wanted to do or what we could do. Uh, schools weren't exactly begging us to come anywhere or because everything was shut or they didn't want anyone in any way uh, and we prayed and I know we put into the, the newsletters about what our prayer points and you know for schools to be a bit more open or be acceptable and one of the things that came out of it was the joys of technology which although Zoom almost ended me it gave, it gave technology gave this newfound life of me and Brad got to be come together and make these incredible videos, if you didn't see them you're missing out they were incredible, mm. just want to say the shortest videos took the longest to make. Four hours, one of them, but it was enjoyable. It was Brad's fault. He couldn't get a ball into a bin because he's more. But uh, yeah, and that was something that we felt that we'd really been called to do. It wasn't, we didn't have an idea of this. We just prayed about it. We asked for churches to pray to help us come up with ideas or move forward or schools to open up something. And this idea just hit us one day of we need to do videos and give them content with the videos. And I think kind of when we send those newsletters out and we, we ask churches to pray, I remember, for example, we said, pray for new opportunities in new schools. And I think the day we sent out, it's the next day I got the, the, um, the email from the Sir um, Edward Secondary. And I was thinking, well, what an answer to prayer that is. Kind of, we've sent it out and kind of God has opened that door. And I think so many times where kind of, especially during lockdown, where we was having kind of schools kind of shut up and then we kind of, we sent those newsletters out and then they were just all opened up again. And I just think that's an amazing answer because I know so many kind of other people struggling getting back into schools, but for us it hasn't been a, an issue at all. But actually, they've given, they've given us so much work and it's, it's just been amazing. So, What does a typical week for you look like? Give us a little snapshot of what your Monday to Friday looks like. What groups do you do? What schools do you go into? What do they look like? So at the moment, on Mondays we have Francis Barsley, so kind of, it's a really fun school to start the week of, kind of, it's quite scary, an all-girls school, I'm not going to try, I'm very scary, but, um, so yeah, that's a... There's women in one room. <laughs> so that's what we do on a, on, a, on a Monday, and then on Tuesday we have um, St. Edward's Secondary School, mm -hmm. so that's a, again, that's something we've started up, so we just, at the moment, do lots of meetings and getting all the, the safeguarding and stuff in, and so that's been fun. On Wednesdays we have Marshalls. Um, which is we're there pretty much half of the day kind of just doing lunchtime clubs and mentoring. So Wednesdays are kind of a real fun, fun day. Um, Thursdays is St. Edward's Primary, and that's a kind of another lunchtime club we do there. And it, again, they just, it's a kind of 
head teacher loves us being there and he's always wanted us to do stuff. And then Fridays at the moment we're kind of we're in a mixture, kind of they're the school days where we have like just going for assembly, so at Manuel we're just going on a Monday, Friday morning sometimes here and there. Um, and within that as well, we kind of do after school clubs as well with schools where we kind of open spaces up where they can come after school and have feel like a safe space and do homework or just play games and eat together when I'm not cooking. Very dangerous when I'm <laughs> cooking. Um, so yeah, kind of that kind of what a typical week looks like. Have I forgot anything? No. In a moment, we're going to listen to a song. But before we do, um, as we look in the media again, we see stories which are really unpalatable and we just want to pretend they're not there. We have brilliant footballers really speaking out about the poverty, the need for meals for children and that. Now, Romford... um, we're fairly affluent round here, really, compared with some parts of London and some parts of the country. What's it really like? What do you really see? What do you believe is your prophetic voice speaking out about injustice and that that you see and maybe pushing it a bit further? So how do you respond? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think, I think it does depend on where we are and what we're doing. So, uh, for example, uh, Marshall's a bit more on edge as a school. It's a secular school. Uh, the boys are quite wise to, you know, what goes on in outside of school as well inside of school. Uh, I think for myself, so I, I grew up in uh, a deprived area. I grew up in Hackney, East London. Uh, I, I don't come from a rich background. I come from a working class, sometimes not working at all, family. Uh, and I think the issues that are being raised, I think they're not just sometimes there for the media. I think they are real. Uh, we uh, have, so one of the things we do as an after-school club, we have this uh, thing called Wildfire. And one of the main priorities around Wildfire and Evolve, actually, soon, oh, and Ignite, there's a few of them we do, but one of the main things is we make sure that we eat together. And there's two reasons we do this. We do this for one reason, because fellowship is very important. And I think when you eat together, it brings you close together as a family. And then the relationships open up. You can have a conversation over dinner that you'd never have as a one-to-one or planned table tennis. It's very important. The second reason is we're very aware that a lot of the guys and girls we talk to, their parents are both working. You know, they have to work because they have to live. So they may not be getting anything in their stomachs from lunchtime, 12 o'clock, till 5, 6, 7 o'clock at night. So we feel it's our duty as young Christians or young Christians, look at me, young Christian, Brad's a young Christian and me as a helper, we're there, uh, to, we feel it's our duty to keep them somewhere safe, we make sure they're fed, and, we're, and, and yeah, I think the media sometimes I think does glamorise things a little bit too much and maybe they make it a little bit about the football players that are talking about it, but the, 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 the ideal answer is that we wish we never saw anything like that, but it does happen, and I think as a uh, community or for Haven, I think it just needs to be elevated. Mm-hmm. If there is struggles in your schools, if we see it and teachers see it, let it, happen, let it come out and let, then let it be sort of sorted that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, for us as Christians and us as just people, we decided that one of the main things we wanted to do in all these things was to eat with people because at least we know then they've got at least a hot meal from us. Mm-hmm. And I'd say kind of from the media, we see so many kind of issues with kind of 
kids not eating and, and so much violence. And I think these young people just, they are, they're kind of, they are broken and they're, they're crying out for help. And I think as a, as a wider community, as churches, it, I think it's so important to firstly offer those kids those safe spaces to come and, and to break that kind of, they see it as normal now kind of violence and, on the street and to break that and actually to show them there is something else and actually there is a better way to live life um, and to show they don't have to do that. And I think that, is, I think that is so important. I think something God's really stirring in my heart kind of to, to, to draw kids away from those, those violent, violent encounters they have where they think it's normal and just say, come to this safe space, be the person you want to be and not the person you think you have to be. And kind of, and in that way, just through that, they can learn about faith and learn and encounter God in their own way. And I think that's so important. Thank you. We're going to listen to a song. You can join in with it if you want in a moment. Then we're going to just uh, come to Ward's Prayer. We've talked about a bit about prayer, but maybe this song will just inspire our prayers. It's a very old song. Who can sound the depths of sorrow in the Father heart of God for the children we've neglected? And I feel it's really important that we just listen to this, pray it through. You can sing along if you want, staying seated. And, that, and then uh, I'll come back to Barbara in a minute. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to hang that there. So Barbara says, how can we get our young people and that involved in the Christian unions in school? Because some of them don't. Maybe that's a matter of prayer. Let's just listen to this song as uh, we just come towards focusing on prayer. Who can sound the depths of sorrow? We want to say thank you to you both for being on the front line. You go... In the name of our church, alongside the other churches, to young people and children who often have never heard the name of Jesus, who have never experienced love, who've never experienced somebody who's prepared to wait around and cook them a meal. So thank you for doing that. And we're going to pray in a moment. What do you, what's on your heart for prayer tonight? What's God's spirit stirring up in you for our prayer? Uh, I think uh, I think what Barbara was saying just sends actually quite a big thing that's probably in my heart right now is that for churches that have young people or have young people connected to them in any way, outreach programs or whatever it may be you're doing, encourage them to get in touch with people that run their CUs and get in touch with their Christian teachers and ask these questions and keep asking. And when they've answered them, ask more because that's how you're going to grow. Uh, and if we are in your schools and you do see us, please come talk to us because we're okay. I'm okay. <laughs> um, I think for me, just, just for these young people, they just have more safe spaces to go. Kind of, they, they don't have to worry and feel fearful and kind of, yeah, that. God will just start talking to them even now and kind of just stirring their hearts and not making them ask those big questions. So, yeah. My prayer for you is that tomorrow will be a day full of God incidences. That where you step tomorrow, you'll know you're going in a place where the Holy Spirit's gone before. 
My prayer for you is that this week, as you go from one school to another, you'll know God's blessing upon you. And my prayer for you is that you're going to discover the young women and men who God is drawing to himself. And they're going to come across you and find hope and find the story which they are searching for. And before Hannah leads us in prayer, I want to just say, and it's an illustration I've used many times before, but you might have never seen the film Mr. Holland's Opus. And if you've never seen the film, I encourage you just at least Google some clips of it. At the end of the film, Mr. Holland's Opus, who is a school teacher, he's a music teacher, who believes he's made no good whatsoever. And you know what it's like on that day, and you think, what are we doing here? Are we making any difference? And, he said, and the governor of the state comes in and says, look around you. There's not a life you haven't touched. These are your symphony. These are the notes of all of your opus. And it's worth sitting down with your wife, your fiancé, and watching the film. It's a long one. It's a two-pizza film. It's that long. <laughs> and it's cheap on Amazon. But, but seriously, you make a difference. Never forget that. Never forget that. And God's Holy Spirit's going to go with you this week. Hannah, would you like to just lead us in prayer? Father, we thank you, God, that from the moment that we are born, Lord, that we are all your children. Thank you, Lord, for Jay and for Bradley, Lord, and for the incredible work, Lord, that they do with young people across this borough, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the doors that have opened, Lord, into the schools. We pray, God, that more opportunities will come in their direction, Lord. We pray, God, for those that support them, Lord, for the trustees, for the people that they for, for the people that they spend time with, Lord, for their friends, for their family, Lord, for Jay's wife, for Bradley's fiance. Pray, God, that you would strengthen them, Lord, as they support these incredible men with the incredible work that you have charged them with. Father, we thank you, Lord, that no young person is beyond your reach. No young person is beyond saving. We thank you, Lord, that you have taken Jay and Bradley, Lord, into places, Lord, that some of us may never have ventured into, but you have put them in the right places at the right time, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for all the wonderful things, Lord, that they input, Lord, into their work, Lord. Just the idea of eating with those young people, Father, the blessing, Lord, of, you know, of of fellowship around food, Lord, which is what you did. Or uh, we see it in your word, Father. We pray, God, that you would continue, Lord, to bless the ministry of Grace Works. We pray, God, that you would continue, Lord, to bless Jay and Bradley, Father, that you would use them mightily, Lord Jesus, that you would speak through them, that you would work through them. Pray, God, that the dreams and the visions that they have, Lord, are of you, Father. They're so big and so bright and so beautiful, Father, that 
you know, that they, they look a little bit intimidating initially, but Father, we thank you, Lord, that you give us these dreams, Lord, knowing that they are full well possible. All things are possible with you, Father. So, Lord, we pray, God, for them, Lord, as they go into this week, Father. We thank you, Lord, for, you know, for all of those different, different young people that they meet, Lord, you know, in different contexts, in different ways, Father. Thank you, God, that you show them, Lord, how to relate to them. Help us, Lord, to understand how to relate to them. Pray, Lord, that you bless their week, that they would go in tomorrow, Lord, knowing that you go before them, that you have anointed, Lord, their steps, and that you know all that tomorrow will hold, Lord, long before we even go to sleep at night. So, God, thank you, Lord, for this time. Pray, God, that we would think about, Lord, how we respond to this generation, Father, as a result of what we've heard, Lord, to those, to those of us that work with young people, for those of us that have children, nephews, nieces, grandchildren, even maybe the next-door neighbor's children. Help us, Lord, to be able to be salt and light, Lord, to their generation, Father, so that they will know how loved they are by you, just like we know how loved we are by you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. Let's have a final song. Um, I think you've got some copies of your prayer letter or draft prayer letter with you, so you can have one before you go to pray through the week. But before we do that, we're just going to have our final song. Let's stand and sing this, recognizing that each one of us are going to have battles this week, but we're on the winning side because we've got a God who does. This is a Wren Collective song for all that you have done for In unity we're going, in church unity, we send Bradley and Jay into battlefield, knowing that God will win each battle. God will use you. May God bless you. May he bless your families. May he give you joy at home. And may he give you power in the classroom. And may God's blessing be with each one of us this night and forevermore. Amen. Let me remind you, next week we have our Bible study. And as we go into October, a month of darkness, particularly with Halloween at the end, we're going to see what does the Bible say about darkness and the, the themes of darkness in the Bible. Join us next Sunday. Please don't run away without coming and speaking to these good guys. We are really grateful to you. Thank you both for being here tonight, giving up your Sunday evening the story times and all the things you would be doing normally. And just let's show our appreciation to them. And thank you to all who are watching us online as well. God bless.